Hello and welcome to the 26th episode of Ambiguous Borders. I'm here with my co-host, Sevi. Hello everyone. And I'm Miles. <laughs> you are Miles. Yeah, and today's going to be a bit of a special episode because we have... Drumroll please. A guest. There we go. Yeah, a guest. The guest introduces herself. <laughs> Leo. Experts on the topic was brought onto the podcast to give my um, expert knowledge. Yeah, so what are we going to be talking about today, Sevi? We are talking about South Korea and, again, intimate knowledge of South Korea. We have someone who's, like, what's your experience with South Korea, Leia? Like, why do you have intimate knowledge? Um, I researched the country quite a lot growing up and I was quite interested in it. Yeah, but... that's about it. Okay, so... <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm having bullying. <laughs> so I developed a strong knowledge of Korea through some research and then ended up actually living there as an exchange student for a year oh. in Seoul. Um, that's where I developed some deep knowledge of South Korea. Very cool. Yeah, exchange trip. So Sevi, what were your pre-ideas before coming into this episode? About South Korea and about the question. So South Korea... Um, preconceived notions. Uh, I uh, it does make me think about um, like the Korean War and how South and North Korea aren't on the best of terms together as they share a peninsula. Um, I also think about how South Korea has exploded in terms of like its cultural influence, but also just like technology and other um, and and just being a successful country in the sense that it's been able to like like raise its standard of living considerably and basically like create a lot of cool products and companies from cars to electronics to other stuff. So that's what I think of when I think of South Korea. And then in terms of the question, which is, well, what is the question, Miles? Why is South Korea the plastic surgery capital of the world? Yeah, so I, in terms of plastic surgery, I didn't know it was a big thing in Korea at all. Like, didn't know it at all. So I learned a lot. What about yourself? Um, so, well, a lot of my knowledge about South Korea comes from our resident expert on, on, the, uh, on the episode today, so. Okay, what about you, Leia? Like, did you have any preconceived notions about plastic surgery? You probably did, if you knew a lot. Yeah, I think I've known it as a fact for a while. I don't know if I would have called it the plastic surgery capital of the world, but... I've definitely known for a long time, like through personal experience, um, to that it was a big thing in Korea. Okay. Well, a good question for later is whether you do would consider it the plastic surgery capital of the world when we get to the question. Okay, so let's introduce where it is. Um, so South Korea is, as Sevi said, it's on a peninsula in next to the. Would you call it the Sea of Japan? Yeah. The East Sea or the Sea of Japan? I can't, I can't have one of you say no and one of you say yes. <laughs> what is my... But in Leia, what do you think? Um, I think it's... I think it's the Sea of China that is a political thing and they want it to be called the Yellow Sea. Who's they? Um, Koreans. I can't remember if it's the Sea of Japan or the Sea of China, but basically it's political that is called by the country because it's in between like korea and japan 
So in terms of like, I, I think you, you're both right because the East Sea or the Sea of Japan is on the East Coast and the West Coast has the Yellow Sea. So we have both. And then the Southern Coast is um, the East China Sea or the Korean Strait. I, I'm guessing in South Korea, they'd probably call it the Korean Strait. Yeah. Okay. So what more can you tell me about the location and the physical geography uh so yeah so we just talked about like three of the sides the north side is north korea which just makes sense um like word wise and then obviously north korea the korean peninsula goes up into um basically northern china and around uh close to vladivostok you can go back to that episode um and that area of the uh eastern asia northeastern asia yeah, they they would call that part up into Manchuria as well. If you go across to the Chinese border, which we also covered in the Vladivostok um, episode, so that's worth a listen. Um, so South Korea, in terms of its area, um, comparable to Iceland and Hungary mm-hmm. in its size. So it's actually quite a what I would call a fairly small European country in terms of its area. Um, but it's also home to 51 million people. Yeah. So to give a U.S. perspective, that's about the size of Pennsylvania, which for me was like, oh, wow, it's not that big. Um, but th- that's exactly what you're saying. It's not that big, but the population um, is like f- over 50 million, which is kind of close to what other countries, Miles. Yeah, so um, the easiest, well, you could say it's the closest to Kenya and Colombia. Okay. Uh, in in size of people, which are a lot bigger as area of population, and this is the fact that I like the most is South Korea is twice the population of Australia. Oh wow! In the size of Iceland, Hungary, or Pennsylvania. Yes. Yeah. So the way I describe this for people in the U.S. who maybe not don't understand the size of Australia, although Australia gives a good sense, is it's like the size of Texas and Florida combined in terms of population. So those are the second and third largest states by population combined together is South Korea. And that's in the size of Pennsylvania. So it, like you said, it is very quite dense. Um, and half of that 25, uh, half of that 50 million are in Seoul, just the capital city itself. So it gives you a sense of like how dense Seoul is by itself. <laughs> yeah. And um, so we can just talk quickly about the climate as well. Mm-hmm. Or do you think it makes more sense to talk about the mountains? But I think it makes more sense to talk about the physical geography since we just talked about where it was. <laughs> Go for it. Um, okay, I'll start us off. We talked about like the peninsula. Um, the east has a mountain range along it. Also, Leia, you can cut in whenever you want, by the way, and tell us where full um the east has mountains um along the coast so like those go almost straight into the sea um the west um is like more lowlands and more like agricultural and rolling hills close to the um uh the yellow sea uh and then the southwest has mountains and valleys and then the southeast has um the basin for the Nakdong river um, which kind of like empties out into the sea. And the highest mountain in South Korea is not even on the Korean mainland. 
Yeah, this surprised me. The highest man. Uh, how how would you pronounce that, Miles? I would call what they Halasan. Yeah. Um. So Halasan on, on the Jeju uh island um on Jeju Island, which is about a hundred kilometers off the south. The busiest um flight path in the world, Jeju to, um Seoul. Oh really? So is it a popular? Yeah, because it's their major tourist des- Exactly. Yeah, their holiday destination. I-, I was asking Leia Miles, not you. Um. Yeah. If I can say so, the mountains. Some of them, including um the one in Jeju, is a volcano. Um, so that gives you an idea as well of like the soil. Um, there is a lot of uh, people who used to go to Jeju because when he was a dictatorship and people weren't allowed to leave. Um the country in Korea in the 80s um, people are allowed to go to Jeju so especially for honeymoons um, they developed like a tourism for quite a few years um, See, that. that's the type of fact we would learn without a guest it's perfect um, yeah no the uh, ring of fire we, we talk about the ring of fire a lot and there you go this is like totally in the ring of fire and has lots of volcanoes and like you said makes up the different ones and halasan is a uh, big shield volcano what else can you tell us about the mountains miles since i just stole all your thunder uh so the next highest mountain is actually on the southern coast in that southwest corner mm-hmm. um interestingly they have uh tea fields down that way as well uh that's where they'll grow uh, quite a bit of their i was gonna say um green tea but they would also grow white tea and black tea the same plant yeah i was gonna ask you what tea plant but that was a trick question because as you just said there it's all one tea plant (laughs) i think it's actually a collection of three but um yeah and most of it's one but that one makes the white green and black yes so we'll talk a bit about the climate um so it's so the the division between North Korea and South Korea can also be known as the 38th parallel because it's along basically near enough the 38th parallel. And that's about southern Spain. So if you think about where um, southern Spain is, and then it's further south of that for South Korea. So the very top of South Korea is at southern Spain. And uh, if you've never been to Spain, Spain gets really hot and it's dry, it's deserty, it's yeah, but also pretty, Europe is uh, hotter than normal for its lati- for its latitude, right? D- define normal. Other places in the world like South Korea. <laughs> Maybe they're colder than normal. Anyway, because of the Gulf Stream, which is Sevi's favorite thing in, yeah. in the world. It's not my favorite um, thing in the world. I just like how it's it's cool that Europe has similar uh climate as let's say the United States or other areas along that latitude because of the Gulf Stream, even though it's much farther north. Yeah, so they define the climate as humid continental climate with dry winters, also called DWA on the Koppen scale. Uh, It's actually a fairly unique um, Koppen climate classification in that it's only really found in bits of Japan and Korea and some of East China. Uh, And then you have like a, a... another bit of the climate down in the southwest where we've spoken about those high mountains and the obviously the further south you go the warmer it's going to get and that's actually starting to get 
closer to east coast in Canada, like Nova Scotia, uh, and some of the northern Black Sea areas um, as well. Uh, so, what's your major take on uh, the climate, Leah, since you live there? Um, it's very extreme weathers. It almost makes you feel like there's very little time in the year that you can spend outside because the climate is so extreme and the winters are so long and the summers are so hot and humid. But it's also very nice in the winter because it's so sunny and dry. So where you don't really want to go out in Europe when it's a winter because it looks miserable outside. Actually in Korea, it's always very sunny. The UV rays are always quite high. Um, and that gives a very different way of life. And it has also impacted Japanese and Korean culture a lot. So you're saying in the winter, like everyone wants to go outside and like soak up the sun, even though it's cold out? Maybe not that much, because it is like minus 20 degrees on a daily basis. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe when we talk about like cold, it's like minus 20 degrees, where like the ice is there for months. You might have to translate that for Sevi. I don't know what it is. I, I, I know what minus 20 Celsius is, given the... Maybe, maybe not in... all of our audience do. We've got a large portion of our listener base in the US. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so to give you a sense, that's negative four Fahrenheit. So that's, it's pretty cold. Yeah, and then the summers get to like a good 30 degrees, like very high level of humidity. But I actually assumed that it wasn't very far from somewhere like New York. Okay. Or Chicago. Yeah, no, the, yeah maybe the, it's to do with the, the precipitation that changes it to more the East Coast. Yeah, or... yeah no, it's probably close. On a, those places, like, they're humid, but they're not super humid. So um, I would say, like, humidity, I would argue, makes it feel even warmer than it actually is, um, temperature-wise. But 30-degree summers are about 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Well. Yeah, 35. A little bit less, yeah. So we mentioned um, that the mountains were very prominent in the geography in South Korea. And that's a very important fact in Korean life because hiking is a huge hobby. Um, and I remember learning Korean and we learned the, the verb hiking very early on. A lot of old people have groups where they hike together and a lot of people would just spend a few hours hiking around Seoul, for example. So is that similar to Taiwanese um, culture as well? With because they do a lot of hiking. Remember when we did the episode on Taiwan, that was something we spoke about, how accessible the island was for hikers as well. There's only so much I know about um, Taiwan, but as far as my experience went in Taiwan, I think you go into the areas and there is a lot to hike, but it's not from the cities where you go hiking easily. While when you're in Seoul, like, 30 minutes by tube or metro or public transport and you can hike to like a proper mountain. Oh wow. Is are there mountains all around Seoul so it's like really easy to find lots of trails? A lot of ski as well. Oh wow. Know. Okay. I, I I like South Korea. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say he gets interested now. <laughs> no no I I was always Okay, cool. So let's move on to the demographics. You guys good with that? Okay. So we talked about how densely populated it is. It's the third most densely populated country. 
Um, and that's before you account for the fact that there's lots of mountains. We talked about that. And most of the lowlands are like farming. So it basically like forces most of the people into the big cities such as Seoul or some of the others. Um, so that makes it even more dense um, as a like the areas that are the cities. Um, then say other countries that were also on that list of, um, oh, densely populated. Also, like when I say third most densely populated country, I'm not talking about like micro states and city states because otherwise that would be unfair. Um, cool. Um, so in terms of, uh, Leia could probably comment on this well. So ethnically Koreans represent about 96% of the total population. Can we just uh, say we do treat all countries equally, even if they are city-states? Uh, I think it's very rude of Sevi to very, very uh, big country-itis to uh, ignore the little ones. I, I, I meant it was, I meant it was more fair to not count the little ones in that third most densely populated country, given that all of them would be on the top of the list. Just, just throwing the caveat out there. Okay. Yes. No, we, we love you, Monica. Uh, <laughs> and Liechtenstein. Um, okay. Uh, so, like I was saying, uh, ethnic Koreans represent about 96% of the country. Um, the other, like, 4%, uh, most of them are, like, ethnically Chinese, but also um, partly Korean, usually, um, that have gone there. And then there's also a sizable, like, U.S. military presence. Um, and then... Uh, as well as like a scattering of others. But compared to, yeah, like, but it's very like ethnically Korean when you go there. Like you look around, I'm guessing, Leia, like every, almost everyone's Korean, right? Yeah, um, I think in that, I remember that 96%, I think a lot of the four other percent are Asian, as you mentioned. Either they could come from the, just on top of North Korea, there is a region that is considered ethnically Korean, but out of China. And these communities have an easier access to um, visa or like work authorization in Korea. So there are quite a few Chinese Korean people, um, but a lot of Asian people. That makes yeah. Sense. Cool. Yeah. And so we were talking about religion a little bit before the podcast, but it's about 20% Protestant, 16% uh, Korean Buddhism, um, and 8% Catholicism. And then over half of the entire population is kind of uh, either it would consider themselves non-religious. Um, I think in history, there was quite a strong Buddhist culture. And a lot of European countries came to um, as missionaries to impose their religion or offer their religion. I don't know what you want to say. <laughs> Influence their religion. Um, yeah. yeah. So there is quite a growing, even, I think, uh, Christian population um, in Korea. Uh, and they have kept that culture of trying to get more people into the religion through missionaries. So quite pushy. Cool. Okay. Anything else, Miles, before we dive into a few fun facts? I don't think anything from the people. Okay. Give um, me some of your best fun facts. So, uh, I, on Valentine's Day, it is uh, usually ladies who give men gifts, and you're like, oh, that sounds unfair, and you'd be like, it kind of is, but then they have White's Day, which is a month later, White's uh, Day, which basically it reverses, and that's when uh, men give uh, women gifts. 
Do you experience that at all, Aya? Uh, yeah, I knew, I knew that that was a thing. There is also a singles person's day. Oh, okay. Um, so When's no that? one's left out. I don't remember. Every day when you're seppy. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Rude and inconsiderate. Um, I wonder if it's the 11th. The 11th of November is also um, a day where you exchange um, peperos, which, has, which are like mikados. Okay. So they do like one. So it looks like one, 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 one. So 11th of November. Okay. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I looked up Singles Day, and so we got February 14th is uh, Valentine's Day. So that's when men receive gifts you got march 14th or pi day which is when or, or sorry it's called white's day but it's also pi day um when uh women receive gifts and then the next month uh april 14th is actually singles day so easy to remember always on the 14th one month apart okay so that's one interesting fun fact i i learned and this is more cultural but like you refer to everyone by title as opposed to their name um which was really interesting and probably would get a little bit confusing. Yeah, I think if you watch any kind of Korean movies or Korean drama, you would probably learn the words like chairman or that kind of title so quickly because people do refer to each other as title. I think it's a society that really cares about hierarchy in general, so it kind of makes sense. But also a fun fact that I'm not sure you're going to mention, but I will mention it just in case. The three most common names in Korea represent like 40% of the population or something like that. Okay. So if you consider that perhaps in our countries a name could differentiate someone, um, perhaps it's a bit less the case there. Okay, so there might be more titles than actual names in like more in terms of like the top ones. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know that. You might have to help me out with this fun fact. But um, when you drink with someone older than you, uh, you can't look at them when you drink. You must turn away to drink. Interesting. Is that correct? Yes. It's not very polite to drink in front of older people. So you kind of half turn or like a quarter turn away from them. But also drinking is like pretty popular and common in South Korea as well, right? There's a big drinking yeah. culture. Yeah, so the, <laughs> the the alcohol like um that is the most sold in the world is soju, which is okay. the strong alcohol that people drink in Korea. Would you say it's even more so than say London? Like people in terms drink of more? drinking culture? Yeah. Um you know what I think so, yeah. It's also a lot more like strong spirits. Okay. As opposed to like beer it's probably a very different culture in so whether they drink more or not is very different to the drinking culture you'd probably say that britain and australia definitely have a very in your face drinking culture whereas if you look at any of the statistics for who drinks and consumes the most alcohol it's usually like belarus and russia that come yeah. top but they don't have that outward drinking lads on tour style bottomless brunch style drinking okay which so, we have in abundance here here is london so moving on i have a question which is is sleep deprivation common in south korea 
As like a fun thing to do? No, as just like, th- like it's common to sleep less for work or whatever else. Yeah, it's a, it's a very intense culture, which I guess we will touch on when we talk about the plastic surgery. But there is a lot of competition that is felt at a very young age. Um, it's one of the highest suicide rates in amongst developed countries. Countries, top two, I think, um, either them or Japan. Um, and that's because there is a lot of pressure put on um, children, for example, to achieve very high grades. And for that, they go to school until like 10 in the evening. They go to after school. Um, and that pressure to do well in your exams um, pushes for a lot of sleep deprivation. In the work culture, it's a bit different because there is a lot of encouragement to spend a lot of hours at work. So I think they call it like presentism or something like that. Presentism. Yeah, it, it, it exists in our cultures as well, but probably less. Like you shouldn't be seen leaving the office before your manager. Um, work from home wasn't very popular during COVID for all these reasons. And that's also where the drinking really comes in, is that they would go and drink together and have dinner together and then perhaps have to go back to the office. So you end up doing very long hours, to say the least. Are they, no, that, are they that big ties everything in a big nice coffee drinkers to yeah. to like the caffeine to keep them going sort of thing? Uh, is that like Yeah, so I think where um for our Western minds we imagine Asia to be very big on tea and not very big on milk, for example or wheat or you know that kind of stereotypes it's not very true for korea um the milk is due to the american presence and the lack of food during um the korean wars so they were given um is it condensed milk or like powdered milk they're given yeah um and that developed a very strong milk culture um and coffee as well developed for quite a few years we looked at fairly recently i think that in 2016 um the most Starbucks, the city that had the most Starbucks in the world was actually Seoul. Helps when you have a oh, 25 wow. million. Well, um. yeah. <laughs> but still, not only it's, not only no. coffee is big. It's London now. Oh, it's London now, okay. Yeah. Not only coffee is big, but yeah, those like big chains have taken over quite well. Okay. And then I have one more fun fact to kind of like guide, segue us into the question. So it is actually one of the best medical systems in the world. They have 9.562 beds, so almost 10 beds per thousand people. Um, so about 1%. And you may be like, oh, 1% is really small. It's like, not really. It's like, how often are you in a hospital bed? Let's hope it's less than 1% of the time. Um, and so uh, that is a, yeah, it, it's just a huge medical system. And it's... Uh... Yeah, first-hand experience. <laughs> um, so you don't really go to the doctor. You go to the hospital. I had a cold. Which wasn't a nice cold, but I ended up with like over fifteen pills to take per day. Wow. Um yeah, they they care to say the least. It was like that one pill was for this to like help you, the other one was to help with the symptoms and then to like balance the after if like the secondary effects of the other one. I don't know, it was a whole ordeal. But so, did you have to pay a lot? I felt very careful for all the pills? I did, but if you're a Korean, you don't. 
Okay. Well, I don't know if it was a lot. Yeah, I think it was a lot. Maybe not for an American person. But you definitely but felt for me, cared it was a lot. for. Which, wow. Yeah, but if you're Korean, you don't pay or you don't pay much. Cool. So, Miles, would you like to remind us what the question was? The question is, why is South Korea the plastic surgery capital of the world? Oh, it was a little faster this time. <laughs> yes. So, we've covered South Korea. So now we need to start talking about plastic surgery, maybe a bit about what it is, and also what's defined by a plastic surgery capital, and potentially even is it by our definition. So, Sophie, do you want to take us away and tell me what, what is plastic surgery? Uh, I feel like you might, have, you might know this a little bit better. My basic understanding is you change aspects of your body, like, it's more like not adding plastic or removing plastic. It's more like plastic as in the sense that it can morph and change shapes. Um, and you do surgery to change the shape of your body or face or other things. It's generally edits to the skin, isn't that the major difference? Difference with uh, what? With other surgeries. Uh, I think to me it's that it's for cosmetic reasons. So even if... You know, some people have, like, um, cancer or, like, are beaten by an animal or something like that. And you may get plastic surgery. But then they make a, a bit of a difference with, like, the cosmetic side that is just for the sake of looking better. But a plastic surgery would still include people who have difficulty breathing through their nose. They would get a rhizoplasty. Yeah. So I think plastic surgery encompasses more than just the cosmetic side um but obviously a larger part of that is because it is generally external it means that we definitely associate plastic surgery with um with cosmetic and appearance uh and may yeah and, and not doing it perhaps for like you could have someone who has had severe skin deterioration or something they would go through a plastic surgery for cosmetic reasons but i think we generally think about it as a bit more oh, I don't like this X on my face or something, and they will get it edited using plastic surgery. Uh, I, I know people that have had plastic surgery um, for more medical reasons than um, cosmetic reasons. So that may be why I'm more influenced by it being a but universal I, I would argue term. most plastic surgeries are cosmetic as opposed to non-cosmetic. Probably the majority, yes. Yeah. And definitely, like, in terms of looking up in South Korea, that is definitely the, the case. Yeah. So what would you define a X capital of the world or a something capital of the world? What does that mean to you? Anyone can answer? Please don't come all at once. <laughs> I probably would say that it's the one that does the most amount per year. So in that case, the plastic surgery capital of the world to me would mean that there are the most plastic surgery procedures per year in this capital, in this, in this place. I'd, I'd say it definitely for me is like in the sense of the way the question's asked, like what is plastic surgery capital of the world? Like obviously there's no one capital that is the plastic surgery capital, but it's more of a, like what, which one is known for it? Maybe not the one that does it the most, but definitely the one that's known the most for it. That's the way I read the question. 
and okay. it it also capitals like a world capital usually or sorry a capital is like a like the top of something so lots of people from all over the world like would come to that capital to engage with that country or to engage with in this case plastic surgery even though that's not a country um so i definitely see capital also in the sense that like it would have to satisfy the fact that people from different parts of the world are coming to the capital to do it interesting so more about the global reach of it yeah it should also do a lot of plastic surgery (laughs) and be known for it so but rather than having like a domestic yeah but i think being known for it also connects with like it being done internationally so so we've successfully managed to put that in a box and a very loose spot. Say what that is. So, so it's hard to define what it is by a capital. Um, so, I uh, looked up on the International Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. Um, and what do you think the top four countries for uh, international destinations of choice for cosmetic surgery was? I don't know. I could guess. So Brazil, <laughs> okay. Brazil, Japan, Italy, Mexico, and then number one was the USA. Okay. I'm glad you said Mexico in there because um, I feel like a lot of people, the USA go to Mexico for that because it's less expensive. And, the, and the, that's very similar with what happens in the UK as well. You have Turkey and Greece, which are like these two. Okay countries people go to it's not just for plastic surgery it's for a lot of cosmetic procedures including like hand, hair transplant so that's oh, not surgery, but hair transplant teeth whitening all that sort of um procedures but people will like book a flight out there because it's cheaper or or it's even accessible because our healthcare services works a little bit differently in the uk because anyway we've we've done enough jokes with that in the past um, so you, I, you didn't mention South Korea in that list. Exactly. It wasn't actually even in the top 10. So what was the top international? Why do you think that is? Maybe they have a big reputation for it, or maybe it's something to do with the types of procedures they do as well. Um, so if you look at, uh, what the U S gets, um, like why people go to the U S it's predominantly um, breast surgery and uh, is it lipo section? Yeah, liposuction. Liposuction. What is liposuction, Miles? For those who don't know, why do you ask me? Um, it's when you take out the fats without. Um, it's without really an actual surgery. They just take out the fat through like tiny tubes. So you don't really like cut out parts of your body. I, I want to just add on to this uh, as a bit of a disclaimer. Um, I started to look up all the different sorts of surgeries and I got about two of the way through and I was like, nah, this is definitely not my thing. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking at the pictures of people's noses, nah, that's definitely not, not my thing. <laughs> uh, are you saying you're a little queasy, Miles, from all, listening, learning how it works? Maybe more in the uh, in the research phase. Okay. Yeah. No, it's 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 a thing that exists. But <laughs> so 
I think I, I may have an idea of why Korea isn't as known for its plastic surgery when you research. I think definitely in Asia it's very known, uh, but perhaps this website could have had information that was more Western based because most countries that you talked about are countries that like fit into our Western beauty standards. So as a Western person, you may not think that people who um, are surgeons in Korea would be able to make you look the way you look. Well, I think Brazil, for example, has similar beauty standards or the US does as well. I think, I think it's a good point. Um, so we can get into what sort of surgeries people are very interested in in uh, South Korea. Uh, I don't know if you have a list to hand. Yeah, and one other thing real quick is that like if you look at US, it's about 13 surgeries per 1,000 people uh, in 2004, whereas South Korea, it's 20. So I know US was on your list, Miles, but South Korea technically has way more, almost double plastic, the amount of plastic surgeries as those in the US. Okay, if we're going to play that game. Uh, South Korea has the most... Um, number of plastic surgeons per capita as well so the amount of people with the qualification to with the title yeah yeah exactly to carry it out the qualification of it. um and that's it starts to make sense when you put it on a per capita basis that um south korea actually does have a lot of procedures because we're also comparing the u.s to south korea and yeah we can you know the numbers. The US is 350 million to make it. Uh, it's 360, but it's easier to um, do the maths on that. So you can you can understand that yeah, the US is always going to have more because just there's just so many more people. people. Yeah. But if you're looking at like the whole country as a whole, like it definitely per capita shows you like, hey, the country is more into that sort of thing. It is more of a known for it. I, yeah. again like there are different ways to look at it right um all right let's go into the surgeries like you said um of what what's common in south korea so um a double eyelid surgery is quite common so some asian people would be born with a what they call a monolid um and a double eyelid is quite a one of the basic beauty standards i guess that are um for uh, Korean people, it's. How would you describe the difference between like a double lid and a monolid? So I think when you open your eye, um, you have a crease in between your lids. While otherwise, if you have a monolid, um, the top layer of your skin would go over your lid, so you only see one. While if you have a double eyelid, you see two lids. I feel like I'm trying to explain. No, I, I, I thought eyes. that was a good. I thought that was a good explanation. That makes Thank sense. Um, I know the one that is quite common would be uh nose jobs and um jaw surgery. Um, I think it's also quite important to consider that what is called plastic surgery in Korea is probably not the same as what is called plastic surgery in the U.S., for example. So things like skin whitening or uh, laser hair removal are considered surgery and done by surgeons in Korea when it would not be the case in our countries or in the US. 
if that makes sense. I think that's also a big reason why more people on paper in Korea have more um, surgery. We can ask the question why now, like why people do those different surgeries in South Korea. Yeah, I wonder if the price is any different, if perhaps it's cheaper to get something like um, an eyelid, like a double eyelid surgery than it would be in North America or in Europe. And so it's, I'm not sure about the price. I think it's cheaper, um, but it's very often seen as a present. And a lot of my Korean friends were kind of nagged throughout their life about getting surgery and um even the ones who um grew up abroad as well like that's still quite a big thing for them so then having it as a gift if you get we we talked about the very competitive um society that is korea so trying to promote their children's um success through offering them uh this reward that would be a surgery um is one of the ways to push i guess more surgery um, but also, I think it's important to say that being beautiful in Korea will open you a lot of doors and a lot more than obviously beauty privilege is, is huge everywhere, but a lot more important than it is in our countries. Um, people have their pictures on their CV, um, and they may get a job because they look better than others. Um, they also are used to like touching up those pictures as well as like passport pictures so i think you kind of understand how much of an important um beauty has yeah um i'm gonna add a few little caveats the government actually outlawed having your picture on the cv in 2017 so but before that it was definitely true all through it and contributed to lots of plastic surgery but even today like a recent survey showed that roughly 50 percent of hiring managers still said they based it based their decision on a job applicant's appearance. Um, and that's 50% is probably the low end because a, a lot of that's also subconscious as well. Because um, those are the people who consciously said they like used that as a metric. Um, so it's definitely like has a huge part of the job. And you talked about the competitive culture. So that makes a lot of sense. I know in the US, it's definitely uh, not always like it's stigmatized a little bit more doing plastic surgery. It's like not always the best thing. They're like, you were born that way. Like, why do you need to change it? Like that, that would be a common response to someone who says they want to get plastic surgery for uh, cosmetic reasons. Whereas in South Korea, like you said, it sounds a lot more like, like, like it's given as gifts for graduation before going to university. Um, yeah, two little uh, fun facts about um, plastic surgery in or cosmetic surgery is that um, Seoul's airport uh, wanted at one point to put in a plastic surgery clinic inside the terminal, so t travelers wouldn't have to go um, outside the sorry outside like outside the airport to get their procedures completed, and um, it didn't go ahead, obviously. Um, but it just tells you how the doc the doctors were um, okay. concerned about like the safety of it essentially uh yeah so that tells you how like how that reputation can is enhanced through sort of like movements like this and and the other one i have a question for there when you were living there particularly in the gangnam district gangnam style um uh, just a caveat that's not where i lived that's the district you're going to talk about yes yeah, yeah. okay 
Um, apparently, there's an area called the Improvement Quarter. Okay. And there's a like a large. Do you, essentially, my question is: Did you see a lot of people with like bandages or um, who just got surgery? Did you think that it was like really? It was just a way of life, and it was always there, and it was never subtle. Um. So you definitely have like around Gangnam. You definitely have those ads everywhere. From when you get out of the subway station to like all the buildings would have like advertisement for surgery. Um. And I went actually to a few um, plastic surgeons. We'll go on to that story later. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's... It's... Um, I don't know, maybe it looks less daunting, you know, because it's like advertised out there. It looks quite clean and professional. Well, I think perhaps here it's seen as like a bit of a... Not an underground thing, but I don't know how confident I would feel going to a plastic surgeon here. Um, and yeah, even even in the airport, you see a lot of people who leave with their bandages. Um, and you have hotels within some plastic surgeries so that you can rest after your surgery and you don't have to leave. Um, just just correlate this with um, like a lot of UK travellers going to Turkey because it it's cheaper and it certainly doesn't give off a a safe classy and, vibe yeah like uh like a safe safe way of doing it yeah um leia you also mentioned how it's like is it more affordable like i did find that it is way more affordable and part of that also has to do with their healthcare system um and that kind of connects back into that um i even saw one statistic that was like about half of women in their 20s have had surgery in seoul uh alone and then and it's definitely like men do it as well but it's definitely more characteristic for women and then also like especially if you're younger, so twenties, and then especially if you're in the city of Seoul. So that's why that number is so high relative to the like twenty procedures in a thousand people. Um and lots of people come internationally. You talked about the airport miles. Like I tried to find good statistics, I couldn't, but I do know like one clinic said that half and this is probably on the high end, but half of their patients were international. Yeah, they definitely try to get a lot of tourism through that as well um you have a lot of surgeons that would be specializing one like speaking one language and try and attract people through that um but it's just very easy to book and to find them and it's quite common i mean i didn't go for a surgery um but yes so do you want to tell your story about your plastic surgery experience uh, leah so when I say it's very easy to um to get one, one of my friend had seen this ad that was advertised to internationals or international students, I can't remember, that said that if you came for a consultation, you would be able to um get a free face like facial, so like face cleansing and mask. And so he decided to go and try it out. Long story short, my friends used to go back and forth to just like pretend that they had like surgery concerns um and just be able to get that like face mask yeah, for free facial. yeah and you're able to contact them on like the equivalent of like i message or whatsapp and just book a an appointment through that um and also laser hair removal as i mentioned that is done by plastic surgeon that is my experience of plastic surgery <laughs> Um, okay, so 
that is the end of episode oh sorry i saw five there were a few things that i wanted to mention that i think would be interesting to say i think we talked about like um we didn't really talk about like like why people um get surgery but also like there's some speculation as to whether um all the k-pop waves have really pushed um a strong sense of needing to look better and like a need to improve your self-esteem by looking better um and all those very famous people have had surgery but despite saying that like one in three or like one in two women have had surgery in their lives none of my friends have ever told me that they got surgery like it's still very taboo and i know that i said that it was very open and very easy to book and you said that it was kind of taboo in the u.s like it is very taboo in the in Korea. No one will tell you. Okay. Um, and like people may like suspect that you've had like surgery from school, uh, and things like that. But a lot of people also, you know, they grow, they lose weight, they they change, and they would sometimes like um celebrities would blame the fact that their nose shape changed on the fact that like they lost uh, weight and things. So it's okay. it's very very taboo. Um, some of our friends have mentioned that their parents have offered them. But no one has ever told me that they've had surgery. Interesting. And because of the uni I went to, I suppose that a lot of them have had surgery. Would you say that um, South Korea is the plastic surgery capital of the world? Ooh. I think, I think it should be there. should be up there, yeah. Miles? What do you think, Miles? I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to say based around the statistics, you could probably say per capita, yes. Um, since that's what the data says, and, we can, and we've managed to dig deeper as to what that means and why it is. Um, but it all depends on how you define your capital. And so I think we could definitely phrase it to say that um, South Korea is one of well, you can say you can use the data and say it has the most plastic surgeons per capita. It has the most procedures per people. So you could say maybe something like it's uh, you could say a factual data on that, but we don't have any way of describing capital. So a poor question. <laughs> well, so you picked it. If that makes sense. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, I would agree. It's like it's it, it's a place that it is common and part of the culture more so than other places. And you could say that's per capita. And yeah. And but more importantly, we talked about why it is. So cool. So that is a the end of episode number twenty six. Why is South Korea plastic surgery capital of the world? Is there anything else you guys want to say to wrap it up? Don't forget to subscribe to the uh, the the podcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Like, rate them. Yes, rate us as yeah. well. Rate us. Um, yeah. So our socials are at ambiguous borders on all social medias, except for Twitter, which is at at ambiguous border without the last s. Um, damn Twitter. Um, and <laughs> in one more character. Um, the but yeah, no. Uh, thank you all for listening in um, and definitely subscribe. And as they say in South Korea, Annyeong Gaseyo. Annyeong Gaseyo. Jigayo.